Welcome to the View from the Three podcast. Welcome to the Views from the Free podcast. This week we are talking about success, happiness, comfort zones, what we want out of life, and a little dabble of Kanye West as well. So to kick us off, what do you two see as success? Uh, for me, my opinion on what success is has changed. When I was younger, I just wanted to be a millionaire. I didn't have any idea how that was going to happen or what I was going to have to do to do that. And I have not achieved that as of yet, um, despite buying numerous lottery tickets. As I've got older, <laughs> as I've got older, uh, I see more success in being fulfilled personally so doing something in the butthole (laughs) (laughs) doing something that you enjoy doing on a day-to-day basis um whilst not having any financial worries is what i would deem to be success for me personally what about you Michael? hold on i'm gonna go back to jordan what what does that mean on a day-to-day basis so like job wise or just yeah 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 yeah, career-wise, so doing something you're passionate about, doing something you 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 want to get out for on a Monday morning. Fair enough. Um, for me, what is happiness and success? Um, I think, to be honest, I think happiness is kind of an internal thing. It's feeling comfortable with who you are, what you're doing, um, making you like the feeling of not achievement, but just like you're you're doing something that's worthwhile um and when, when i say that i don't just mean from a career perspective i mean from a relationship perspective from a living situation perspective like whatever it is like what are the things that put a smile on your face and and sort of give you that drive to to do them um yeah and i think yeah, it's gone do you think that um like there's a saying isn't there um money doesn't buy you happiness but do you agree that um happiness is not actually an ever-present it's an always changing thing yeah i think i mean happiness definitely evolves over time because what would make you happy at 17 isn't what makes you happy at 36 (laughs) um as we've spoken before about like relationships for example and i think when you yeah i think your, your happiness changes over time I think it becomes more about, like I said, that internal perspective rather than things or relying on other people to make you happy. It's about making yourself happy um, and finding the things that make make you happy. I think it's it, it's like there's levels of it, isn't there? So you can be, you can separate yourself from career and everything, and you can be completely happy within yourself, how you are, how you are as a person, things you do outside of a career. But then you might still have the itch to improve your career that doesn't necessarily mean you're unhappy it just i just think there's layers to it i have a bit of a theory about the career thing because i think that it's almost a distraction right so your your job primarily is the thing that you do most um for most people it is it's where you spend most of your time is doing your job and as humans we 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 get bored quite easily right so if you're just sat at Mm -hmm. home i mean coronavirus is a prime example of that you find ways to distract yourselves because you need to um you need to be challenged and you need to find things that sort of make you tick and i think 
it's almost your your mind's way of tricking yourself into thinking that you're you're doing something worthwhile um i mean for some people they are some people have careers where they're saving lives and changing the world and other people have careers where they're where they're just not um so yeah i think it's a bit of a trick of the mind what's what's it for you aaron what, what success success um, first yeah what well a time both together um for me like i'm happy like, i'm happy within myself i'm happy with every facet of my life apart from my well similar to what you said well about career really um because obviously financial freedom is a big goal of mine um and what that comes with um because apart from that i'm generally happy with most things so that's that's the only real thing i desire at the moment what do you think the trade-off is between financial freedom and happiness because Let's be completely frank. You have to have a lot, of, a, a good amount of money to be. Fine. Well, again, I'm probably generalising, but in most instances, you have to have a decent amount of money to be financially free, unless you strip back your life completely. So I say time, isn't it? You're you're giving up money for time, aren't you? Essentially. Yeah. So it's actually like how much? <laughs> What's the pound yeah. amount that you put on a minute of time? I don't know. It's a tough one, isn't it? Like it's a tough one because. You want to, even when you're young, so you want to do certain things, but then, not, well, I'm young anyway, I don't know about you two. <laughs> um, but now it seems a time where you want to you want to sort of get your head down and and go to work and earn your money so you, you can achieve your goals. But then also because you're young, you want to do certain things, go on holidays willy-nilly, uh, you might want to go on nights out or whatever. Um, and it's hard to find that, it's hard to find that balance. Do you think it's, it's, um, I always ask leading questions, but success and happiness seem to be like inexplicably linked. But in reality, they're ultimately the same thing. I think sometimes people look, look at success and think that's a career aspect, or certainly I have um, and do still do to some degree. But in reality, success can just be being happy. You know, like the simple joy of of, of happiness. Yeah, because if you work, you could work a standard nine to five and a moderate wage. And you could pay your bills, and if you're completely happy with yourself, then that I would see that as a successful life. For some people, that will, that's not an issue to them. There's no drive to do anything more. So in internally, they are happy, and I would deem them to be successful. If if you're happy in that, in the position you're in, then you've done everything you need to do, essentially. Unfortunately, it doesn't work out for everyone, and a lot of people have got a drive to do more. I do anyway, but. Yeah, I'm interested to hear from you, Aaron. So from from your perspective, you are money motivated. Jordan, you're money motivated as well. And let's be honest, we're all, all three of us are money motivated. Um, but I guess it's one of those things, the more you have, it's, it's easier to be both more and less motivated by money, right? So the more comfortable you are, the more you achieve the things that you, you can have access to the things that you want to have access to sometimes that means that you just go well that's i've reached my my happiness you know from a from a success perspective and other times it drives you on to to want to earn more and do do you know do bigger and better things so i'm just interested to yeah to understand like how far you will have to go to to reach that like what's your what's your number um well my goal because i was reading a book and it was saying like uh, write down what your number is, write down 
are you going to get it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and then I'll come to the I'll come to the number of five million. Um, I would be I would I would be happy with obviously less money, but um, that'd be I think that's a. I see, yeah, if I say it's a, I think that's a realistic thing. If if things go to the way I plan them to go, I think that's a realistic number to get to. Um, is, that, is that five million as a lump sum or five million a year? Uh, to be worth my my net worth to be five million. Okay, so for all of your assets to total yeah, five yeah, million. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did you get to that number? Because I, I um, obviously my plan is to open a business, so I thought. I've done it by, if I open this business and then it becomes a success, I then open an, another location. Um, I buy, obviously, a house. And then once I bought my first house, say if I then got a girlfriend, I then buy a house with her, lease out the other house, um, investing in the stock market. So there's loads of different avenues I think you can try and build your money. So that's the, yeah, that's the, that's what I plan to do. That's the way I plan to do it. And you've got like those two parallels there where it's success is, is money, but success is also achieving. So, you know, setting up your own business, um, that becoming successful and then being able to take that on and open up another business and where that leads, which, which two, which of those two things do you think drives you more? The, the ambition of money, like money or the ambition of, of being, of achieving something that you set out to achieve? The, like, the achievement, I think, because if I'm brutally honest, if I if I am not successful, then I will deem myself to be a failure. Like there's, I just there's, I don't believe there's no way that I can leave this planet and not be successful. Like in my mind, I have to be successful. Like that's just that's the way I see it. Like that's the way I see it. I wasn't I wasn't put on. It sounds obnoxious. It might sound obnoxious or arrogant, but I wasn't put on this planet to lead a, a normal, steady life. Like that's that's not for me. That's not what I want for me. Do you think your view of success will change though when you get older? And that doesn't mean you'll accept failure, but it, it could just adjust. Like you could have a one business with one location that is successful, but timing or whatever else doesn't allow you to expand beyond that. Would you you would you view that as a success? Or yeah, I still. Yeah, doing still, something that no one else, well, not no one else, but the majority of people aren't doing. Yeah, I would still view that as a success, definitely. Um, I think it's a, it's an evolution, isn't it? It's an ever-growing thing. Like, no matter how much money you get, you always want more. No matter how many girls you get, you always, you always want more. No matter how many, like whatever, like, whatever. That's, that's is, not like, always the case, Aaron. Yeah, I was gonna say that. That doesn't apply to everyone. <laughs> like what? But whatever you get, what I'm saying, like whatever it is, you, like just how life seems to work, you always want more, no matter how much you got. Um, but I would deem myself to be successful, yet yeah, I just had the one thing like that. Hundred percent. I always ask you these hypothetical questions, and uh, it's just because I'm interested to understand if you've thought about it, and if you haven't, then how you react when you do think about it. So, you know, you're saying you, you weren't put on this planet to live a, a steady and ordinary life. But what happens if your plan doesn't, doesn't work out the way that you hope it will, or it takes longer? You know, if you're, if you're 50 years old and still, still, you know, still struggling to get your, your, your dream off the ground or it hasn't been as successful as you thought it would be and it's just breaking even and it just means that you can live an average life like how how would that how would that affect you would it like yeah how would it affect you 
Yeah, it'd be tough. I'm saying that. It'd be tough. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't like it's. I try, you can't, I don't think, obviously, to be successful, you can't think, like, I'm not going to succeed. Um, but yeah, obviously, that would be, yeah, that'd be tough, real tough to take. But what things do take longer than you think they do, don't they? Like, everything takes, like, we conversation we were having the other day, like, you don't become an overnight success. Like, Justin Bieber's not an overnight success. Um, there's many other. Drake's not an overnight success. Like there's many other um, examples. So that's one thing that has been good in recent years. Of like when I was doing football a lot when I was younger, I was like, oh, why am I not signed now? Like, oh, come on, come on. But then now, I'm. I enjoy the process. Like you got to enjoy working towards something because I bet I think when you get there, obviously you will enjoy what what you do have when you reach your goal. But you look back and see the enjoyment that you had throughout the process. Yeah, I think the key is being able to pivot as well, because to your point about playing football, I mean, Jordan made the joke um, the other day about, uh, about me. Lack of athletic ability. <laughs> no, that, that wasn't a joke. <laughs> no, he made the point about me uh, playing football for Crystal Palace when I was a kid and him getting dragged around to those games. Um, and obviously, I'm not a professional footballer. But I, I deem, I deem, <laughs> I, I, I'm happy with the career path that I've, I've taken and the success that I have had and am having on that career path. So, you know, for having the belief in yourself is one thing, but then execute, being able to execute it or pivot into other opportunities to then be able to ex- execute it is key because I think not, not everybody can be successful at everything. And not everybody can be successful at one thing. So it isn't always the, dr- the, the dream or the path that you thought you'd follow that ends, you know, that, that takes you down this other path that actually you can be successful down that path. Yeah, no, I agree because I was, I was the same as you. I thought I was going to grow up and be a footballer. So in that sense, it wasn't not a failure, but in that sense, I'm already going down another path to the one that I thought I was going down. Do you know what I mean? So you are right. You have got to be able to um, to pivot down different avenues. Um, you also say your look back though on your experience of becoming foot not not becoming a footballer is what led you to do what you're doing now. Yeah. Because in reality, you were slightly hard done by through your teenage years in terms of the club didn't think that you were going to be six foot four and shift weight or whatever. And then you put all your effort into doing that, which turned you into fitness, which turned you into what you're trying to do now. Yeah, yeah, because I like I think about it all the time. I don't. It's not a regret, but obviously, I think one of the main reasons I didn't make it because I was obviously I had a bit. I was I was had a bit, but I was overweight. Um, yeah, like three, you were you, was, you, you were shorter as well, weren't you? I was. Yeah, I was tall for a kid, but yeah, I wasn't the tallest. Um, well, I was one of the tallest in Tall for a kid. You were similar to me. You had, you had a, like, Michael's growth start was quite early on. Mine and your growth start was, in terms of height was, like, later on, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just, I, I often think, like, I wish I, I loved hard work then as much as I do now. Because some of, like, the training sessions that I used to go to on, like, a Friday and that, like, where I was so overweight, I would be blowing, like, I'd stop in between the set, do my do my shoelace, like have a wagon wheel. <laughs> I think I, I think the only thing that's changed for you, as you you said about loving hard work, I don't think. I mean, you can tell me tell me that I'm wrong. I don't think you love hard work. I think your attitude has changed. So 
and by proxy of that you now you thrive where you have to work hard so uh, I, I would, as we've said before, there's a lot of differences, but there's a lot of similarities between us. Now, I, I don't like to work hard unless it's something that I'm enjoying or something that challenges me. There are only yeah, two I'm scenarios saying. where you'll catch me working hard. Otherwise, yeah. I, can't, I, yeah. I haven't got the applicability for it. Yeah, I'm the same as that. Yeah, I agree. I probably, yeah, I don't, I just enjoy, yeah, I enjoy, I wouldn't like, oh my God, like, I want this to be tough. Like, yeah, I'm not that person, but I'm like, if it is hard and I'm getting someone out of it, I do enjoy it, do you know what I mean? But yeah, I'm not like, oh my God, I want this to be hard. But yeah, I'll get, I'll get what you're saying. Yes, I'm, I'm just saying, I think success can come just from an attitude. And I think that that's the important thing for a lot of people is finding finding that thing that that changes your attitude or sparks that, that desire and drive in you to do that thing well, whatever that thing is. Because lots yeah. of people go, like I said before, lots of people go down a path and they're like, this is the thing, I love this thing and this is the thing that I want to do and they don't get any success at it. But then being able to pivot and do something else that you enjoy, even if it's like through learning that you, you enjoy it rather than just landing in it and enjoying it, that means that you can be successful. Um, I know we're focusing on careers rather than just personal personal success and happiness for the moment. But um, I think that's the key. I think that's the key thing. A lot of people don't realise that. They just think I'm stuck in a job, and you know the thing that would make me be, make me happy is being a millionaire or. I don't know, being a singer or whatever, or being a professional sports person. I think people don't realise when they get older, and something I've started to realise is you, I think, like you said, people go into one avenue, whether it's something they love or they don't, and they feel like once they get to a certain point, they're pigeonholing that and they can't, they can only move within that, that lane. When in reality, there's nothing that says that when you're older, you can't learn new things and do new things. Obviously, you might have to make sacrifices to do that, but you can, you can still do that. Which yeah. I, I think a lot of people don't either realise or don't want to do. I think it's a challenge to understand the thing that, you know, what success really looks like for you. So I remember what, probably two years ago now, three years ago, um, you know, I'd always done okay in my career. But then with, within the space of about 12 months, I set up a not-for-profit organisation, you know, was elected to, on um, on a, on an industry board and became, you know, for literally in the space of 12 months, achieved the success that I thought that I wanted, the notoriety and the success that I wanted. In reality, it didn't fulfill me at all. Like it was a nice thing to do and it was good to tick it off, but it didn't, um, I didn't have this de- deep sense of achievement or feel like it was success because it wasn't enough for me. You know, it didn't, it didn't stoke the fire in me that I, I hoped it would. It just came to an end and back to that point about being challenged. So I think it's just really important to think about the things that drive you as a person and take the time to understand yourself a little bit more before you like worry about what your career is or what you're trying to achieve, but actually focus on what, what gets me up in the morning. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I don't. I get. I get the same feeling whenever you have a step up or an improvement or promotion or whatever you want to call it. The buzz lasts for all of half an hour, and then it's not necessarily what am I going to do next. Like if it's a chat, like you say, if it's a challenge initially, then you're you're focused on it. But then once you start to feel like you master something or become used to something, then it is always what what is next in terms of in career anyway. Um, but I think that stems from. Well, like you say, getting to know yourself and wanting to know actually what you want to do. I think until you realise that, then you're not going to ever achieve that that gratification or sense of achievement. 
Did you yeah. know, um, I suppose I was going to say, did you know, guys know, have you always known what you wanted to be when you were younger? Or was it just footballers? I, I, I didn't do about it. 10 things. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to be a fireman, didn't you? After yeah, watching Backdraft. Yeah. <laughs> Greatest film ever. <laughs> I am, um, so weirdly, I think like for me with football, I didn't ever really like football. If I'm completely honest, I, I came into football late because my friends were playing football and I was like, okay, um, I should probably play football because all of my friends are playing football. And then it turned out I was, I was pretty good at it. Um, but when I stopped, I stopped playing football at what, 29 years old and I haven't missed it at all. So I would say I didn't know what I want to be when I was young. I just thought I had to follow the path of this is what I'm okay at. So this is the thing that I should do. This is the thing that, you know, most young men in the UK want to do is be a you know, professional footballer or some sort of professional sports person. Um, but even through my career, like my, my professional career, it's changed over time. It's just been a case of learning as I go, you know, like you go down a path because you think is the thing that you want to do. And then you're like, actually, I don't actually, I don't really enjoy that aspect. Um, which is, I mean, it must be similar to where you are, Jordan. Yeah, it is. I think I've never really known what I wanted to do. Never, ever. Like when I think about the, the things I used to say I want to do when I was younger, now, only now can I realise that they all had, it was, it was all about me be, all be about me like expressing myself. So like the first job I remember I wanted, and I was ridiculous like, when I was like 15 years old, other than being Michael Jordan was I wanted to work for Nike and make Nike adverts because Nike adverts were cool. And I thought I'd make cool things without realising that Nike don't make adverts, advertising companies make adverts, but that's by, <laughs> that's by the by. Um, and then obviously there was like singing and songwriting. Um, and even now in doing this uh, and writing some stuff in my, my own time, I've, without ever knowing exactly what I want to do, I think it's, it's, it will have to involve something of me expressing myself, if that, if that makes sense, or telling... Creativity or... Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas I can do other things and I, I do my job, I do it well, but it's not... I don't want to say it comes easy to me, but I've gone through... I've managed to go through life without having to apply myself 100%, really. Yeah. Which sounds arrogant, but it's... It's just the way it's, it's turned out, essentially. Two questions for you there, though. Do you, um, do you think that you've, over your life, you've been deterred from doing the things that you actually want to do? And also, do you think, like you said, you've, you've, um, you've sort of gone through life without not really needing to apply yourself too much. Do you think that you've like been in a comfort zone or not? I don't think it's been... I, I don't think I've been... I don't think we grew up in an environment where, because I said before, be encouraged to do what I want to do, but I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do. I wouldn't say I've been deterred, though. I just didn't know the avenues to get into it. And then being in the comfort zone, again, yeah, possibly, more out of fear than anything, fear of failure, as we discussed before, but also not necessarily a comfort zone because... I was doing what I thought I could do and what something I was good at and I was progressing at it. So it's not like I just sat still, but I did it. I did anticipate that when I got promotions or pay rises, or whatever, that that would bring more fulfillment than it did. But in reality, it's, it, it doesn't really change anything apart from the number in your bank. Or yeah, how much it goes I spend. back to what I'm saying though, of obviously whatever happens, you just always want 
well, in career-wise, anyway, you want more and more and more, don't you? Yeah, but I don't, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case if you were doing something that you... Like, if I was doing what you wanted to do, say, say we had the same goal and you want to set up a business, if, if I wanted to do that now and I did that and I had the same money as I do now, I, I wouldn't want more and more necessarily from that. Oh, yeah, you'd be happy because it'd be something you'd enjoy doing more. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the happiness and the fulfilment come from the doing, not from the earning. I, yeah. I mean, similarly for me, I think I... It's, you're talking about comfort zones, Aaron, I think. You're, that sounds like an obvious thing to say, but your environment dictates what's comfortable to you and what's not. So I was for the first 30 years of my life relatively comfortable in my comfort zone um you know my life was pretty routine and and um my ambitions probably weren't well they weren't they were probably about 10 percent of what what my current um my current ambitions are but i think sometimes you have to step outside i won't even say step outside of your comfort zone step outside of your environment to understand yourself a little bit better because you're like you're born into an environment right so you're born into whatever town you live in and you follow a path and and i don't know it just sometimes you can get comfortable in your in your environment and that leads you to you know this the idea of a, a, you being in your comfort zone because it's something that you know and i think it's i think it's important to step outside of that i know that you you think the same um and you've got a very strong mindset when it comes to what you want to achieve and where you think you can go with it? Yeah, I, I, that's, I think that's only become in the last couple of years though. I think, I think a few years ago, I used to think that I was stepping outside my comfort zone a lot more than I actually was. Um, cause I did, I, but I, I still didn't necessarily go out and get the things that I wanted. I was still pretty laid back and just thought it would come to me sort of thing. Um, but the best thing that, the best thing that happens to well, one of the best things that's done for me to get outside my comfort zone was when I went up to um, like Manchester, like, was it like, no, not last year, the year before. And I, um, I'd done that like modeling casting thing. And like to go up there on my own, like drive three and a half hours on the day. Just to find um, out you're ugly, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that for free. <laughs> um, yeah, to drive up there three and a half hours for the day, like go and do that this, even though like probably everyone that knows me like, knows I love myself, but it's different when it's like, you're just in front of the camera and you've got to do certain poses rather than my, my signature one stance pose, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> you're allowing yourself to be judged, aren't you? Yeah, it's a lot more, it's a lot more pressure. Um, but I didn't feel as nervous as I thought I would. And then even though nothing, nothing actually came from it, like when I sat in the car, obviously we didn't find out straight away, but when I sat in the car afterwards before I went to go home, I was like, oh, it feels good. Like I've just driven up here on a whim, like out, um, even though I got invited, but like, do you know what I mean? Just driven up there. Um, there and back in the same day and I felt I felt good but I was like I want to do this a lot more like not necessarily the modeling like just get outside my comfort zone it felt good to be outside my comfort zone so I think that's where a lot of opportunities are I think it, I mean the word like, cliche the, the, the reason that cliche is used is because cliche means uh, I've completely forgot my mind literally has just gone blank um, <laughs> cliche means that, that it's um that something's true it doesn't uh, the, the, the way that we use the term cliche now is like is 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 different to how it should actually be used but or, or rather the way that we appreciate it is different to how it should be appreciated anyway my ramblings is that a thesaurus on your desk <laughs> 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 yeah. 
uh, yeah. Um, anyway, so the reason I'm saying that is because you know people say uh, life starts at the end of your comfort comfort zone, or it's a it's a commonly used phrase. But I genuinely think that you get more out of challenging yourself. So you know whether it be your immediate environment, whether it be um, you know taking that opportunity to do a different job or go on a date with somebody that you wouldn't go on a date with or you know whatever it might be go to a different restaurant that you don't normally go to go to a different town like you said drive to manchester and do do a, a, a modeling shoot for uh, that's why i went on that terrible date in birmingham i wanted to get out some more comfort <laughs> but um i think there's a lot of growth to be had from from just even just day-to-day small things like take a different take a different path on um take a different path take a different uh, route on your on your walk um you know run in a different direction like whatever it is but just sounds like a ridiculous thing but people do get so comfortable and their routine is so important to them and it, it almost becomes a layer of protection or a barrier to growth it's difficult it's difficult to get out of that though because i've done like you said like, i've we both had periods where we seem comfortable um, I've done things to break out of the comfort zone. Numerous things like when I started my career, I decided after a year that I was going to go uni part-time and did that weekend. That was to do something completely different. I went on went on the X Factor. I, I had numerous different job offers that I was moments away from accepting and then turned down at the last minute. And it all, apart from the job offers, all those are things I did to break out my comfort zone. I didn't, Although I wanted to come out of my comfort zone, I didn't apply myself in those situations through fear of leaving that comfort zone, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which is, is the difficulty to, to fully commit to stepping out of it and fully commit to a change when you don't know what, what that change will bring. Yeah, I don't, that's the thing though, is it? I don't think, is it, when people say, oh, is it a fear of failure? Is it sometimes a fear of success and the fact that your life can completely change from, even though you want it, you want it to you, theoretically, the fact that your life will completely change if you are successful. I think, I think, yeah, I think that is, it's the fear of losing the comfort. I think it's the fear of some, it's it's not just the fear of failure. It's the fear of, like you say, the the work you're going to have to do after that. And the fact that your life could completely change and and it's just an unknown. It could be the best thing ever, but it's it's still an unknown. Whereas what you've got at the moment is okay. Um, It's like better the devil you know, isn't it? It's, I mean, I only ever explain things in analogies, so I'm going to use another one, but it's effectively a difference between walking downstairs with your eyes closed and walking downstairs with your eyes open. You walk downstairs with your eyes closed and you, as you miss that step or that, that solid footing, it's scary, but there is another step underneath. You might fall and you might hurt yourself, but, but, that, but, but the, the path's there for you. It doesn't, you know, it, it, there's usually no material impact. But the comfort zone is is having your eyes open, being aware of where you're going, what you're doing. And I think, you know, we all do it to a certain degree. I think it's, it's funny, like with you, Aaron, for example, you're incredibly confident. You know, you know your own mind. You know where you want to get to. I still think you've got so much, like, you're barely out of your comfort zone in terms of where you could get to. But where you think you're pushing yourself, you know, which, which is taking you out of your comfort zone, I think you've got another 60, 70% to go like of where you really could go. And you only, as Jordan was saying, you only limit yourself by that fear of leaving that comfort, whether you realize it or not, you know, like you, you go, Oh, I've, I've made this leap and I've done this thing, but then there's so much more that you can do. And it's how do you, how do you take those steps? Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. To be fair, I've been thinking to myself lately, like, um, 
I say I do a lot of reading. I try to learn a lot, and I've I have got got a long way. Um, I've been thinking like recently, what can I actually do? I've sort of not plateaued in terms of performance, but in terms of my learning, etc., and just me evolving as a person. I feel like I've I've stayed still for a little bit. So I, I've been thinking recently, what what can take me to the next another level? What can push me outside my comfort zone? Like what do I need to take me there? Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I can I completely agree with your point to be fair. And do you think like this is to both of you? So if we talk about um success and happiness as almost two separate things, but I guess as I'm thinking it through, I think actually success is forms part of ha- happiness. It's like a segment of that pie, right? So um being successful in your career or being successful in your relationship or being successful in I don't know, like your hobby or your passion, those those things will will give you happiness right but what are the other components of happiness that you that are important to you um just in in happiness of who you are as a person how you act how you behave um and then extends to relationships how they I want to say serve you, serve your life, but how you serve each other and how you not make each other happy, but you can live happily with together. Um, and then it, and then thirdly, it move on to the career. I think the the key is to be happy internally. I don't. I think that's that's the start of everything. If you're not happy internally, it doesn't matter what you're trying to do externally. It's not going to fulfil you. But how do you get that internal happiness? I guess is my point. So, I think so it, what, it, what is that? I for me personally, it comes with age and experience and learning about yourself. And who you actually are, and the things you actually like, because we spoke about it previously. Like your twenties is just like a battlefield where you're trying to figure out what you're actually doing, the things you like, the things you want to do. Um, and it's only with by trying those things and getting them wrong that you learn more about yourself, and then you can build internally what you want to like the type of person you want to be. Some people can do that earlier, but some a lot of people can't. I mean, I think once you do that, once you realise that what's important to you, it's a lot easier to be happy internally. Do you think a lot of people in modern society don't understand what happiness is to them because there's pressure um, from social media, from, you know, like just society generally to portray happiness, even if you're not happy? So how many times have we seen like relationships end, for example, where the external, you know, we discussed this in the relationships episode, external perception doesn't meet, meet internal reality. And and does that come down to your point, Jordan, of, you know, a lot of people thinking they're supposed to figure their shit out in their twenties, as in know where they are and what they're doing. And in reality, you've only been, you've only been an adult for 10 years. You reach 30, you've only really been an adult for 10 years. You've been, you know, you've been living with your parents or you've been at university and, you haven't had the independence to figure your own stuff out. That's only like a third of your life. And yeah, just do you think there's too much pressure or, or this incorrect image of what life should be, what happiness should be? Yeah, I do think, obviously this is a generalisation, uh, but of what I see, um, I think, yeah, people are more focused on looking happy than actually being happy, like you said, internally with themselves. Um and also, I think, yeah, people do bow to the pressures of society. Um, and like in terms of the ages, like you said, I, I agree with that point a lot. Like, 
I think people feel like they're a lot older than they actually are. Like, everyone's on their own timeline. Like, you, not everyone's going to be married and have a house at 25, and nor should you have to be. I think you just got to create your own path and whatever ever one you choose yourself is is right for you. Um, yeah, you shouldn't be worried about what, what other people are doing either because someone who's got a house at 22 and is married might be divorced and living with their parents at 25. There's no rules. So I thought you were attacking me personally there, George. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, didn't, I didn't move back in with my parents. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, so you just need to focus on yourself, essentially. Because I, I personally, I know you, you feel the same as well, Michael. From your 20s to now, it, it's, we're, we're both two different people. Like You change so much in that time period when you're just learning yourself. I think it's important for people just to spend the time doing that. You feel so it's interesting. So let's look at this from the perspective of age. So um, I feel, I feel, I mean, I, I can honestly say, I don't think I've been happier in my life. I, I love my job. I love my career. Um, I love my girlfriends and I love, I love my, the life that I have. Um, so I would say I'm very happy with where I am. Obviously there are things I can improve. Obviously there are things I want to do, which could make me happier again more personal things than um than anything else um i'm interested to hear your mindsets i do, do you how how where do you think you are in your journey now i'm i'm completely happy with my like with myself um and how things are going like i said the only thing that i'm the only facet that i'm missing is it's my yeah career wise that's the only facet that i that i'm missing and then obviously what comes with that are the materialistic things like cars, homes. I go on quite a few holidays anyway, but more holidays, more extravagant holidays, etc. Um, but barring that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm completely happy with where I'm at at the moment. Obviously, you can always grow more, um, and that's what I plan to do. But just internally at the moment, yeah, I, I couldn't be happier. That's the only facet that I'm missing. What about you, Jordan? I'm the same. So internally in myself, I'm very happy in my life. I'm happy in terms of my relationship and how I am. Um, Career-wise, I'm happy with what I've done and what I'm doing, but I'm still looking to do something I'm passionate about and something that brings fulfillment. So that doesn't necessarily have to be a career. I'm going to do those things anyway, whether if they turn into a career, they turn into a career, that'd be fantastic. If they don't, as long as I still enjoy them, I'll continue to do them. Um... But yeah, that's I so say that's the only thing that's mi- I don't want to say missing. What probably is missing is 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 just something I'm passionate about. So it is it is at the moment this year and beyond. I want to spend more time stepping out of my comfort zone, putting myself in a position where I can fail or get rejected, um, and just keep going rather than retracting in, within myself and reverting to comfort. Well, first and foremost, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that, that all three of us are happy. It's good for, for, you know, from a, from a big brother perspective, I'm, I'm really, I'm glad that you guys feel that way. Um, do you think that, so, so taking this back to the, you know, the general population, we're obviously very fortunate then if we're, you know, we're all in a really good place and we're all really happy. Um, but talking about the pressure that people's, uh, the pressure that people are under through what they see, do you think, that do you think do you think people would be more honest if social media was more honest so you know 
it's been much debated over the years you know, since since social media became um, popular people don't you know post their arguments or very rarely they do and if they are if they do I mean I remember it used to be like the thing on Facebook right when a couple would break up and they're all one you know somebody had been cheating on somebody and they'd be like this long post this arsehole this blah 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 and everyone would be like oh you know did you see that thing but do you think it would it would benefit people and their expectations of where they're supposed to be and you know the happiness isn't just something that lands in your lap overnight do you think it would benefit people if, if those posts were more honest or people posted the other side of their their life yeah i think i think it would help if people posted the journey to that but you don't see that you see the end product don't you so people assume that it's an overnight thing and then they instantly feel pressure or feel like they're late or out of time to do that so if you're 30 and you see your friend's got a four bedroom house kids and married and a great job you're think and you i don't know you're doing your standard nine to five nothing not there's anything wrong with that with that you might see that and think what have I been doing with my time? But you don't know the backstory to that at all. You don't know who her parents might have bought that house or do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? There's, there's so much hidden um, just to present a perfect picture that it's not healthy to base how you live your life on those things. Yeah, I think it would be beneficial in a perfect world, but it's, it's, not, it's not a perfect world, is it? Um, but the trouble is where social media is so like so cliche and so trendy and so clicky it's like like from a fitness perspective you said now you see like a few more women um and men posting uh pictures where they don't look at their most flattering they might their posture might be down and they might have a few, few roles there or whatever um and then people embrace it and they're like oh yeah oh my god but then you start seeing people start jumping on the bandwagon of it a little bit and trying and it seems like it it detracts away from it and then it becomes back to that same fakeness because certain people are trying to use it as a as a one-up to whether it be to gain followers etc um so it's a tough one but it's definitely there's definitely two perspectives like uh i won't name her, but one of my clients the other day she was telling me um that her friend she's like 20 she's been or, yeah 20 21 and she's been going out with her boyfriend for like five six years um and they just bought a house together and she's going to uni. She's like, oh, I wish I was like, I was ready to buy a house and all that. Like, it's making me feel shit like I'm behind or something. Um, and then like a week later, she was like, oh yeah, I've booked to go away on holiday. But then the one that's bought the house is coming, but she can't really afford it. And it made her feel better because it was like, it's given a different perspective. It's like, okay, she's got that, but now she can't actually do that. So it's, everything's not as peachy and rosy as it seemed, is it, all the time? No, it's not at all. I think it's not just social media, though, is it? It's always been the case. It's like keeping up with the Joneses, isn't it? If you, people used to see if their neighbours got a new car, you want a new car, don't you? Every, every, like you said earlier, people always can always seem to want something else. Um, you feel that just from just from what you're mentioning, George. I think it's a couple of instances you mentioned. I'm not picking on you, I promise. But do you feel like a sense of jealousy when you when you do see those things? It's a genuine no, question. It's not. No, I don't care. Like at my age now, even even like looking at myself, because I know sometimes like I've got things. I've got a nice car and a nice house, and people make an assumption about me because of that. When in reality, I was in similar positions that girl Aaron was just talking about last year, where I could I couldn't afford to go on a holiday. I couldn't afford to do anything really, unless it was going on a credit card. So, from knowing what people's perception of like myself can be like that, I don't I don't care about what other people have got. 
it's always nice to have nice things, but within your own means and what you earn rather than just because someone else has got it. Does it motivate you? Though? Does it motivate you when you see other people with something that maybe you want or you think, you know, um, they're at the same stage I am, but they have more than I have. Does that, does that motivate you? Mm, it, yeah, it, it motivates only, only if I can quantify it and see where I've not done something. Does that make, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if, if I can see they've actively worked hard for like five years and I've just been comfortable in my head, I'll be thinking I had that same five years. I could have done that work, not just, oh, they're an overnight success. So in that sense, yeah, it does provide motivation. But it's, it, I don't. There's, it's very rare that I'd see something that someone else has. I want. That's just yeah. things I want for myself. I think, especially when it fr- when it's friends, like it, it does motivate you. But for me personally, I I feel like oh well, well done on them, like good on them. Um, yeah. You get a lot of people that are envy and jealous of people, and then you'll see certain things and like, oh they can't afford that, and you try they try to put them down. But if anything, if you see anyone doing anything good, it should. If you're, if you're a good person, it should actually just push you on to, to make you better. You mentioned before, Aaron, um, you know, what, what comes with success is some of the material things, like a nice house, nice cars and, and whatever. Are, are those things that, are those things that you deem to be success, a, a byproduct of success? They're things that you aspire to, to have, you aspire to have, you know, whatever, whatever it might be, a nice car or, I don't, I don't deem that as it. I don't deem that as a success um, because it like, like if you really if you really strip it back, a car gets you from A to B, whether it's a Mercedes or a Renault Clio. Um, but so I don't seem that deem that as a success. But those things generally do come with success, and if you, if you want them to come with success, um, they do come with, and they're obviously nice to have, and everyone likes nice things. Um, but I don't. De- yeah, it doesn't come with. It doesn't come with success. But well, it does come with success. But it isn't success. Having a house and a car isn't success. How important are those things to you? I guess is probably what I'm asking in the scheme of things. Because you did mention. Like I said, you did mention them, and I just it, it struck me as. And I, like, I guess the same. It's the same for me. When I was when I was in you know, in my twenties, you guys know. I mean, you were you were there. <laughs> I like nice things, and um, and I saw having nice things as being a. A sign of success but in reality they're just not for me they're only they're only important yeah it's, they're only important because i like nice things that's that's the only thing i'll say and they're the, the they're the what i want is a business a house and a like business a nice house and a nice car so they're the only three things in my my vision that i don't have so when i do eventually get them it will feel nice and it will feel success, successful but the main one being the business they just the other two are just the byproducts of it that's right i mean i don't think there's anything wrong with that. i think back to what we were talking about before everybody has their own lane everybody has their own ambitions no no answer is the right answer it's just the answer that's right for you um so i, I think that's it i think that's it whatever gets you to the place that you need to get to whatever motivates you to do those things i think it's important that you have that right yeah no 100 100 what would what do you, what, so if your life now from your, what, 36 to now to say the end of your life, what would you, what would you want out of the rest of your life? Like, what would you want to be doing? What do you deem it success for the rest of your life? Yeah, so I think I've got quite simple, 
simple desires um, now. Well, I think I always have, but I think that the things that would make me happy or, a, or feel like I, I've had a successful life is to um, have a great relationship, um, have a family, uh, and, and raise them, uh, you know, raise them, raise kids well, and, and make them feel loved and supported and and, uh, and nourished. Um, from a career perspective, I think. I guess I have in my head what I want to achieve from my, from my career. And it's, it's kind of two things. One is be successful in what I'm doing right now. And then the other thing is have a go at doing something myself. So, you know, starting something myself and I'm not, I'm not, I don't really, I'm not really concerned as to whether it's successful or not. I know it sounds like a weird thing. It's more about my personal development and growth and understanding that I can do the thing that I've, I've set out to do, even if it's not successful. Um, and just to, to see more of the world and meet, meet interesting people. That's kind of that. I think if, if that was my map, my life mapped out for, for, um, for me, I would be more than happy with that. And obviously, you know, the usual stuff like stay healthy and everyone around me be healthy and all of that. Yeah, yeah. What, going back to the point earlier, what what would be your number if you could have a, a number? Well, um, oh, I remember I had this conversation uh, a little while ago. Um, my number isn't a, isn't a lump sum or a, or a net asset worth. I think. 250 grand a year as like a as an income would that would that's that's more than enough for you to live comfortably travel well um and and have the life that you want that i would want to have and it's probably yeah, that that's that's top if i'm being completely honest it's probably toppy um but that that's probably the, the number yeah i say five million just because i want to aim big and aim high um but if you yeah if you were earning if you're earning what 12 to 20 grand a month like like you said that's com- you're living comfy and that is we can all like look at jeff bezos and like 30 uh how many billion he's got god knows um but like you said yeah if you get if you're earning 12 to 20 grand a month you're living comfy you can pretty much do a lot of the things that you want beyond reason anyway can't you so yeah what about you george what's what's happiness so if you're going to map out the next 30 years of your life what does that look like? What's what's happiness? It would be doing something I enjoy um, and passionate about. Um, continuing a great relationship, family similar to you. Um, but yeah, but all those all those things. The, the moment, just continue to be happy within myself and, and getting enjoyment from what I, what I do. Um, that's the main focus for the for the coming years. And on the number question, I don't have a number, but similar to you, my goal has always been to be comfortable in the sense that it, it's never a question about going on holiday each year or where you go, or if something needs fixed, fixing, it gets fixed. If something needs replacing, it gets replaced. It's never an issue. But I don't have a specific number for that. I think it's, um, yeah, like I said, I think my, my number is probably a little bit toppy because, yeah, the, I, say, well, I say that, but what comes with that is you usually have to work pretty hard. Mm. Um, you know, what I'm the work that I'm doing at the moment is starting at six in the morning, finishing at nine at night. And that's, 
Um, and I love, you know, like I said, I love my job and I enjoy what I do, do so it's not a problem. But um, yeah, it, you, you're going to have to work for your money, Aaron. You're going to have to work for your five million in assets. You know, like it's it's not something that, and there's like as we were talking about before, the trade-off between time and and the effort that you have to put into to have that lifestyle. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? It's um, until you get to a certain level, you're going to be trading off your your time for the money, aren't you? Until yeah. you can get to a place where the money can work for you, or you've you've got people where uh, you're employing people to do to do a job in your business, then yeah, you're essentially just tra- trading your time for money up until that point. Um, but I think it'd be good to just dip into Kanye West one more time. <laughs> your buddy Kanye. Where do you want to start with that then? After you said he's a genius, he's proved not to be a genius. <laughs> so um, talk us through it. I think, obviously, a lot of the comments he's made this week are controversial. Um, but as I was saying when I saw Jordan uh, earlier this week, I think it's very easy to let, like, as soon as Kanye says anything these days, it's, oh, Kanye's crazy, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think it's, I think it's people label him crazy a bit too easily. Um, he's probably obviously not, I say he's, he's not obviously in a good state of mind at the moment. I think a lot of that's down to the people who he's around as well saying, telling him he should do certain things and that, um, some of his views are obviously a bit outlandish. I do think he does get misconstrued sometimes, but a big part of that is obviously his own fault by the way he, um, the way he articulates himself. So, what 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 are your thoughts on it? I know, obviously, you think he's a dickhead anyway. So, I, I, I just, I, as I said to you before, I just don't think he should be in the position to make those comments. So, when you know someone's unwell and they're suffering with a mental health or bipolar, they shouldn't be hosting a rally to run for a presidential campaign when they've already missed the ballot and then getting on a rant and shouting at the audience. So, I mean, who and his team let him. Like, do you know what I mean? I think there's a conflict. Say, yes, Kanye, that's a good idea. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's, a conflict, there's a conflict between, you know, he does have bipolar disorder, he is a narcissist, and that's probably the worst combination that you can have of, like, the, the, the two, the two, um, those two elements combined is, is just a recipe for disaster. And I, I don't think you can, you know, because of his narcissistic tendencies, it's not about who let him or who suggested it to him. It's down to him. Like he wanted to go and do what he did and then things were just exacerbated by his his bipolar disorder. I can't, I, I can't pretend to have a deep understanding of, of, of bipolar. Um, I understand at a very high level what it is can't imagine what it's like to live with and I you know from all of my criticism of him the other week I I've genuinely feel sorry for I'm 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 mildly concerned that he might kill himself and not I don't care about Kanye West as like this you know as a celebrity and as a rapper and the person he's married to Kim Kardashian but I do care about human life and it would be a shame to see somebody end up in in that situation um, just because people around him haven't been supportive enough, and you know he's been, yeah, I I, I just feel sorry for the guy I, at the moment. I it's, just di- it's, the guy. it's difficult to see the breakdown over time of someone who's existed for our generation for like what near on twenty years, probably fifteen years, to see the change in character 
and the changes he, that was happening to him and then to the point he's at now, it's sad, it's sad to see him. Though. Yeah, but that's why I don't like people set like, if you think he's crazy, then cool, but just saying he's crazy with, with whatever he says and you just come out and say he's crazy because, like you said, if he if he went and t- took his own life, people would be talking a lot differently. Um, so oh, yeah, he'd be, he'd be, everyone say he's a genius. Yeah, yeah, and people, yeah, but people would be, people could slate him all they want, but if he, if he did take his own life, um, many of people would be upset. So, and a lot of people obviously preach about mental health, etc. That's the trouble. That is the trouble with the internet and the humans. And fundamentally, obviously, this is a generalization again. But everyone harps on about mental health. But when it's a, a celebrity or someone they don't know, people are just quick to quick to hammer them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but like I said, it's that balance of those two things. I don't think it's just his mental health which is is causing people to to say. Um, incredulous things about him I think it's the fact that he is a narcissist and you know he 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 can't blame can't blame his mental health isn't the reason why he says half the things that he says that's that he you know his issue his bipolar disorder isn't isn't the reason for that I think the, the I mean again I'm, I'm making an assumption there but I think the issue is who he is as a person and then what his bipolar disorder accentuates in his personality because i i and you're you're saying because you you keep saying aaron about um you know every you know people keep calling crazy people keep calling crazy but the guy's an idiot full stop irrespective of his of his bipolar disorder he's just a loud mouth he doesn't think about what he says he tries to be controversial as you said he's like a naughty kid in the classroom you tell him to do something he'll do the opposite that's not that's not adult behaviour. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's a tough one. I'm not, like I said, I'm not supporting anything he said, um, but obviously everyone's got their own opinions on it. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's what I can say about it, really. So on the on the mental health piece, then, how do you? I don't know how 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 do you see that problem being solved? I think you know. We've spoke about previously the importance of honesty, the importance of conversations, the importance of reaching out to one another. And you know, there's been an attempt for the past five to ten years to normalize therapy, normalize the issue of, of people struggling with their mental health. What steps do you think need to be taken to get us to a good place in society? Well, in terms of judgment. Just in terms of, of dealing with mental health in the proper way. So, like, you know, guys don't feel like they can't say, I'm, I'm fucking struggling. You know, male suicide is, is, um, is prominent in, in every society across the globe. Like, I think and I'm, not just, I'm not just saying men generally, but, I mean, everybody struggles with it. Everybody struggles with their mental health at some point or another. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's starting to be normalised. Um, obviously, there's still work to be done. I think the more... As silly as it sounds, the more prominent figures. So seeing like this, something like this with Kanye West, if he was just to say, I'm not well, I need to take time away and do that and then come back refreshed or whatever you want to call it, um, then that would lead people to see someone of that stature doing doing that and lead, maybe possibly lead them to realise that they've, they've got an issue as well and, and come to admitting that. I think that, that's the hardest bit, isn't it, is, is admitting you have an issue or you're, you're struggling with something. Um, and also it's finding someone to talk to about it uh, who's not just going to either dismiss it or say you'll be all right or 
just some blase response because that's not what people want or need. Um, so I think it's becoming, like I said, it, like I said, it's becoming more normalised, but there's a long way to go. Do you think access and affordability contribute to that as well? I.e., people don't necessarily know where to go to seek um, to seek help or get therapy, and if they do, it's not it isn't necessarily white, you know, easily accessible for people on a week to week, month to month basis because of affordability issues. Yeah, definitely, it's not it's not cheap at all, and. And the reality is if you've got something you really need to discuss or dig deep into, you're going to have to do that regularly on a weekly basis, which you can end up spending two, £300 a month on a therapist, which not a lot of people have to spare, but a lot of people do need. Um, there are obviously free services like Salvation Army or NHS, but they don't, I feel like they're not bespoke or they don't drill down into what exa exactly people need. And then on the availability point as well, it's, you can Google a therapist, but it's not it's not easy to tell exactly what you need specifically for yourself. Um, so there is a lot more that could be done for that. Do you think a better job could be done from the, uh, an individual level? So if you, you I mean, you're a good example, Joel. So apologies for using you, but when you hear something that you don't like or you don't want to talk about, you'll make a joke about it or or just laugh rather than you know confronting it. And I think that's quite similar with a lot of people. So do you think we as individuals, not just the three of us, but gen the general population could do a better job of talking about these things as in, how are you? You know, rather than having those surface conversations yeah. that we have, we're like, oh, how are you doing? Oh yeah, I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. How's your week going? You know, not, not that conversation, but like, how are you feeling? And then answer the question honestly, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. hundred percent. I think it's something that everyone should try and do, including myself. Um, I was going to say, usually when not, if it's something someone said to me that I don't like and I laugh, I don't want to confront them. It's usually because I've, I've probably caused a lot, a lot of offence with my response. <laughs> so I try not, I try not to do that. But yeah. in some ways, that's 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 not a healthy thing to do because I'm just internalising that issue. Whereas by being vocal about it, it may cause an issue. With, at that point but at least it can be discussed from that point onwards rather than being ignored um so it should be done yeah i think i think men i think men see it as a weakness don't they if they not all men but some men see it as a weakness if they open up about their feelings if they aren't happy or whatever it may be um and i think they feel that on an individual level even if they're just talking to their mates so let alone that being out in public domain so i think it will take a lot for that even though mental health has become more prevalent in recent times, I think it will, it will still take a lot more, especially in men. It will take more men speaking out in public domain to, to really raise awareness. Because, yeah, like you said, I think men, it's like 80% or something of suicides to do with men, I think. I think people don't have the, the tools to respond, though. Because I feel like if you even said that, if your friend said, oh, how are you doing? We're going out this weekend. You said, oh, no, nah, mate, I'm really struggling. I don't think I'm going to be able to afford my mortgage this month. They're going to go oh fuck uh, uh, and have nothing to say do you know what I mean they don't have the tools to help people go. I mean, that's just a financial example but if it was something else even if you said I've got really bad anxiety a lot of people wouldn't know how they'd say oh are you okay oh yeah. like, there's not not everyone's got the tools to help just yeah, in terms I, of like friendships and stuff I think there's got to be there for them isn't it? Like, I've had friends that have struggled with mental health and if they do say anything like that to me then I'll, I'll like arrange to see them and and obviously try help 
as best as I can for it. Um, yeah, I know not, not all people are like that. They they feel awkward, don't they? And then sort of when them situations arise, and just sort of tell them, "Oh yeah, it'll get better, mate," or whatever. And obviously, for that for the person that's struggling, that's most of the time not enough. Yeah, it'll get better, mate. Oh, will it? Oh, all right. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, mate, cheer up. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, do you think it's it's about the education in schools? Do you think that would help? I mean, it seems like an obvious place to start with most things. Most things that we struggle with in our adult life, you know, like a lot of people have issues with managing their finances. That doesn't mean that's not taught to you in school. But um, something as important as mental health, I think, enabling people to be able to um, have the right mechanisms to be able to have conversations and deal with some of those issues, whether they be them, their own issues or their family or friends' issues. I mean, I I think that would be a, a really good step. Yeah, they should have like a dedicated. Like, what do they used to have a school PSHE and citizenship where they used to touch on things, but not, nothing that was important. Where they should have a dedicated lesson. You touch like you, a, Jordan. Like, <laughs> they should you have talk a, about it. Like, they should have a dedicated uh, like a lifestyle lesson in every year group, even if it's once a week, um, where you cover like, a range of topics, and that can be mental health, that can be finances, it could be other um, vocations that don't really get discussed in school, all, all range of things that actually apply to life rather than Pythagorean theorem and what rhombus is, because you never use that stuff. Do you what think it, I mean, <laughs> what do you say, what's a rhombus? <laughs> it's a good job that you're uh, not a mathematician now. Yeah. <laughs> um, or an engineer. Um, what was I going to say? <clears throat> do you think, I mean, it's a difficult conversation to be had, right? Like talking about mental health is just a difficult thing anyway. Do you think it would be, I mean, how difficult would it be to broach that subject with kids and give them a full understanding? Or is it just a case of saying, look, be honest with how you feel? Because I think, I think honesty, maybe we should, we should say this for the next episode, but honesty as a rule for life solves a lot of problems yeah just just by being able to say what you're thinking and say what you're feeling it's it solves a lot of problems i think yeah i think we say start at school it should start at home really um it you think of the, it might not make a difference but you think of the difference it could have made if you were told when you were a child however you feel you tell me how you feel rather than why are you crying i'll give you something to cry about um, yeah, but that's our generation's <laughs> responsibility now, isn't it, to do that? Yeah, but do you know, do you know what I mean? Where if you're told that why you cry, what you sense to cry about, your fear is that why am I, I shouldn't cry because it's going to get me in trouble. Whereas the actual conversation should be, what's wrong? Oh, I'm crying because of this. You upset me because of this, and then explaining that dialogue. I know it's not always easy to do between an adult and a parent, um, and it's not always going to happen. But you should at least try. Yeah. I would agree with that. I mean, but I think there's almost too, too much onus, right? Because we as a generation now, so let's say the three of us raising children, we're not going to be equipped to give them the right information to, to, to hand, you know, we, we can give them a perspective, but we're not equipped to deal with other people's mental health issues. No. So that's, no. I guess that's the gap, isn't it? Mm. it? It would be massively beneficial because if you, if you can have, if you can actually express how you feel when you're younger, because you really like every, we've all had it like when you get older and you talk to your parents or you talk to your friends and you think you talk you think back about things in the past that would have bothered you and you didn't really discuss at the time how much better your life would be if you did discuss them at, at the time they happened rather than letting things fester and it, it impact you 
I think, I mean, maybe not our next episode, but in the next two or three, we should have honesty hour where we're just honest with each other and tell each other how much we hate each other. Um, <laughs> no, no, seriously though, I think we should have a we should have a session where we're just open conversation, be honest with each other about stuff that we've experienced, stuff that we felt, um, whether it be about our you know personal situations or whether it be about one another. But I think it's a really good. Like I said, I, I genuinely just feel that honesty is always the answer. It just liberates you so much. Yeah, it, stop, it, stop, it stops problems becoming problems. I think it comes to maturity. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I 100% agree with that. Aaron's looking nervous. Oh, fuck no, I agree. I always say what I think anyway. I've always have done since I was a kid, so... <laughs> no problem with me. <laughs> okay. Um, cool. Let's bring it to a close then. Yeah. Good chatting, guys.